falls over the assembled multitude. A great magenta spot plays on the silent, empty stage. And suddenly, there is a flash of movement, and a tiny figure, tattered and torn, is now entering the lists. He is carrying a war and field as myth. He waves with a great deal of bonhomie and a slight dash of savoir-faire to the assembled multitude. And once again, <laughs> Uncle Wiggily is on stage. Oh, yeah, let's go. of that fantastic megascope known as the human soul. <laughs> yes, and if you don't watch out, your level of fight, your keel just knocked right out by several reefs which we have prepared for you. So, be on the alert. Keep your knees loose. Keep your jaw slack, the way it's been for so many years now. And uh, perhaps, perhaps, as we go down this quiet, simple roadway, looking always eternally for that little town that is every town and every man and every world. There is, and there always will be, a moment of profound dissatisfaction. Will we or will we not win tonight? Is the fight worth the fighting? Well, stay tuned, friends, and we shall find out. Woo, this is so exciting. Holy smokes. Oh, wow. Bring it up there, things. Yes, uh, but fear not. As I came out of a subway station tonight, a simple soul, a simple potter in this vast 20th century life that we live in, my hair full of confetti, my... <laughs> doesn't make any difference. You know, we're always looking sometimes for that same little place. Uh, I was handed this slip of paper. Somehow... It uh, buoyed me up for a moment or two. It says, don't throw this circular away. Someday you may need help. Holy smokes, how did they know? How did they know? Someday, come today. It says, Mademoiselle Angelina is a true-born instrument of God. She guarantees to help you no matter what your problem may be. I read that little slip of paper, and I thought to myself, well, Mademoiselle Angelina, she will tell you just what you want to know about your friends. Your enemies, <laughs> your rivals, how to overcome them, how to unseat Jack Parr. <laughs> Whether your friends are true or false, how to gain the love that you most desire, and most importantly, friends, how to rid yourself of the evil influence of bad spells. You know, 
I, I didn't want to bring this up on a Friday night the way it is. But uh, I know doggone well that it ain't easy, friend. Sitting out there in that rented rowboat of life, rocking to and fro in those turgid seas of existence. Yeah. You got the only television set that's a color set in the neighborhood, and Brinkley comes out saffron colored. Yes. Does it ever occur to you he may be saffron colored, friend? It's not going to do you much good to go back with it, but he's just that color. So, hold it, hold it, hold it. Stop there. Enough of this talk. Enough of this uh, pushing and shoving. And all, the, the fear that is deep down within all of us uh, knows hardly any boundaries. This, this is Friday. Is this Friday, gang? Friday? I was a charter member of the Thank God It's Friday Club. Uh, you know that there is a concomitant club that refers to Monday. It has an entirely different set of of uh, initials. And uh, it, it's, uh, well, uh, doggone, you know, even if I gave you the initials to this club, I'd be thrown right off the air. <laughs> Isn't it terrible? Don't you wish radio would grow up? Can you imagine? Let's pause for just one minute, friends. Just, just, uh, let's, let's relax here for a second here, fellow sufferers. Wait a minute here. Let's uh, just pause. That's my football knee. Let's just pause here for a minute. And just, just think for, for uh, uh, let's say, ten seconds. What I could do tonight here on this 45 minutes, and what I could say tonight on this 45 minutes, if radio was grown up. I'll just let you think here. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Do I know a set of lyrics to that? Chicago, Chicago. There, there now, isn't that good? If radio was grown up, I could sit here and read to you from Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy and Wizard of Oz. Do all that great stuff. But uh, again, there's no question about it. That fear that lurks out there in the heart. You know that the Friday, do you know what the word Friday derives from? You do? Oh, shucks. Here I built my whole crummy show on the premise that nobody knew what Friday was derived from, and now I'm shot down in flames. Well, all right, you know what Thursday comes from? You do? Well, I don't. Come here and do the show, honey. You do better. <laughs> all right, I'm going to tell you why, why, I, why I mentioned this Friday thing, because Friday is a special, mysterious day. Oh, yeah, there, there are a lot of evil. Whenever you think of boil and boil, bubble and boil, those witches hanging over the cauldron, do you think of them doing that on a Tuesday afternoon? No, sir. <laughs> do you think of it as being Wednesday morning? Oh, no. What is it? Come on, Joe. It's Friday night, and man has always been afraid of Friday night. Bring it on there, Joe. Yes. Once again, another week slides by into oblivion. Another seven days have gone sailing off into the eternal cosmos of history. And another weekend is about to sprout like a little tiny geranium in your crummy little garden of passions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another weekend, friend. But deep down within... Your wheezing little heart, you know that it'll be another weekend like all other weekends, ripe with fantastic promise, 
replete with idiotic results. And so, as Sunday afternoon arrives and you're knee-deep in the New York Times and nothing has happened again, you once more will know that deep-down satisfaction that comes from a man who knows good instant coffee when he meets it. You're wondering about the significance of that, aren't you? Let him wonder. Let him wonder. Well, you see, I come from, from a section of the country where, where, uh, where it takes different forms. When people here in New York get nervous, they go to a bar and they drink a lot. Uh, either that or they go and see Mary Martin. That's sit for a while. This is the section of the country, really, friends, that genuinely believes in Mary Poppins. That's a very special... I just wonder how many million... 15-year-old kids were dragged off by uh, grown-up type people to go see Mary Poppins. Uh, you know, on the premise that kids like Mary Poppins. Whereas, actually, it's 40-year-old ladies wearing girdles who like Mary Poppins. And it's, uh... And, and they sat there, and the kids sat there in the middle of this fantastic theater. You know, 87 million other kids are sitting there suffering through this this claptrap, you know, this, uh, this uh, full, in full widescreen color, uh, Farina, you know, they're sitting there, <laughs> cream of wheat, and uh, the mountains and all that. And these kids are all sitting there watching Mary Poppins. And the mother's saying, isn't that, isn't that lovely? Look at those cows. Isn't that just wonderful? Isn't she sweet? Look at the way, look at, they're all kneeling. Oh, isn't that great? A is for apple. B is for choo-choo. Isn't that beautiful music? In the meantime, this kid is sitting there, see, and he's got a copy of Candy in his back pocket, see. And, uh, and stuck in his locker at school, he's got the entire last 47 issues of the Realist magazine. And he's sitting there watching Mary Poppins. Listen, I saw a terrible bumper sticker that made an awful charge about Mary Poppins. I will not even mention it here in, in mixed company. But, you know, I come from the section of the country that said, well, uh, they couldn't say it if it wasn't true. <laughs> How many of you have heard that expression? Well, they couldn't say it on the radio if it wasn't true. Well, all right, friends, you know what I'm going to tell you right now? The time is 10 minutes to 11. Okay? Now, hold it there a minute, Joe. Just a minute now. We've got to prepare this psychologically. It has to be done correctly. Timing is of the essence. Ein, zwei, drei. with you out there, friends, being what you are, and of course all of us being what we are, human beings, yes, this imperfect machine, this ridiculous blob of ectoplasm that goes struggling upward, always onward, vaguely sideways, spreading out like a vast fungus over the firmament, and eventually we hope to have, uh, we hope to have uh, a few franchises of the human race out on Saturn. We're going to set up a little base on Mars. We can open up some Howard Johnsons there and put in a few Coke machines, a couple of Johns with 10-cent slots where you can't get in if you don't. And, uh, yes, we'll bring civilization to the entire four corners of the firmament. Wherever it is, we'll bring it there. Can you imagine the unbelievable moment when we do arrive on a planet and all these people are walking around and 67,000 Ed Sullivan fans arrive? Bring it up. Yeah. Well, after all, I've always had the feeling that every astronaut I've ever seen is an Ed Sullivan fan. 
Really? I, I, have you ever looked at the astronauts with that crew cut and that... And they've all got 17 kids and blue-eyed wives and all that. These guys are not the kind of guys, in a way, you know, that could turn off Ed Sullivan without a catch in the throat. I suspect a few of them might even be Lassie fans. Yeah, maybe even Flipper fans. Who was it? There was one, though. There was one astronaut that made this one great line. He says that he wanted to say one thing. He said, yep, fellas, when they asked him about it when he got down, you know, they were right. It is flat. <laughs> He's as flat as hell. Yeah, Galileo was all wet. Yeah, bring it up. It ain't easy. Speaking of being all wet, this is WOR in New York. Hey, Joe, watch me here. WOR in New York. And hit that great big green fat money button. It's time. Hit it. Molto Gucci. Molto Gucci. Tavaci. Farina. Cambala. Cambatana. Italians all sound like that. In a minute now, they're going to start crying. What do you mean? They do, Joe? Now, stop it. I'm going to ask you a question. What is it? What is it? Uh, who is it who's blonde, blue-eyed, and rides a pig? Who? Uh, we will send you the answer to that if you'll mail your name and address in plain sealed wrapper to this address. Over 21. W-O-R, New York, New York, and we will be glad to send it to you. By the way, that includes 50 art poses. Open only to art students. Would you please give me a little echo chamber, please? just heard one of the best Jews harps you were ever going to hear in this cotton picking life. Would you like to hear a little more on that? Huh? Any requests out there? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I mean in the control room. No, 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 no. Any requests? Uh, let's see. All right. How You know, got a dry eye in the house. <laughs> uh, now, no, hang on there. Hey, you know, there was a, a, a science fiction story that came out a couple of years ago about a guy. I, I, uh, I proposed, uh, you know, I've seen these things time and again, these electric knives, and there has to be a moment when somebody commits a heinous crime using an electric knife. You know, with a serrated blade, oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, I just thought the kind of, just kind of a thought I've got there, and, and there was a science thing. <laughs> well, there's always, you know, the human mind is is uh, is open to fa uh, just a tremendous amount. We're very flexible in genuity. You know that there were two people killed right in the height of a hula hoop craze? There were two people killed by being choked with hula hoops? Sure. I... No kidding. Anytime something... I know one kid that was knocked silly by a yo-yo. Now, I, I, you, you, can, you, can you feature that? I saw that actually happen on a, on a schoolyard one time. It was in the middle of the yo-yo craze. And in every window, in every Woolworth, every there, 
there was a Filipino world champion yo-yo operator. You remember those guys? It said Filipino world champion. All the yo-yo champions in the world came from the Philippines. And, you know, there must have been at least 17,000 world champions, and they worked all the world wars everywhere. And we'd stand there with our mouths hanging up. This guy's got seven yo-yos going. You know, he's got them climbing a ceiling and all that. Bit. <laughs> and and uh, I got a hold of this Duncan yo-yo. Now that, by the way, that was the best yo-yo that was ever made. The Duncan yo-yo was the official yo-yo. Uh, the others were not official, but this was an official yo-yo. And it was the tournament model. And I used to practice walking the dog with it. You know how to walk the dog with the yo-yo? You don't? Well, you get this yo-yo. It runs around on the floor, I see, and, and uh, you can get it so it barely touches the floor. And it goes... It makes a bumping sound. And I had this running around. We had these wooden floors in our living room. You know, I'll tell you, the man also has a maniacal tendency to hang on to something far away and above and beyond the point of endurance of everybody around them. So I've got the yo-yo. And finally, out of the kitchen, my mother says, Will you cut that out? Well, somewhere out in the Midwest, there is a house now that I once lived in, and way down deep in the bowels of the furnace system, you know, where the hot air comes out, there is a yo-yo that was thrown down into the hot air system by my mother. She just grabbed that thing, popped the string, and it went down the chute. <laughs> We're going to have a moment here, pause, to consider that. You know, speaking of down the chute, hey, hold it there. Now, let's go, Joe, here now. Are you already in there? Okay. Friday night, see. This is fear night. And yet at the same time, friends, it is also exhilaration night. Uh, because there is a weekend coming up. You know, you get this excitement down inside you. Oh, this may be the one. And then there's another voice that says, oh, yeah, inside you. And you're saying, little echo chamber there, Joe. I'll show you how it really works. See, there's two sides to man. There's the outside. And that, that's the walking around uh, ego side. See, there's the ego and the super ego. The, uh, that's the, the several layers. If you can imagine yourself as an onion, see, uh, you know, when you cut down an onion and there's all kinds of layers. You know, when you take a, a jawbreaker and you suck the jawbreaker, let's say you get a black jawbreaker and you suck it for a while, and all of a sudden it turns green. Then you suck it for a while and it turns red. That's because there are various layers to the jawbreakers, see. Well, if you can imagine yourself as an onion or a jawbreaker, there are different layers. And there's this one layer that walks around. This is, this is a, let us call it the ego for want of a better. I just made up that name, okay? Ego. We could call it Charles. It doesn't matter. I've got nothing against Ego is a Greek name, we'll say. It's a Greek. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Let's call it Latin Greek. Actually, it's Lithuanian, to be frank with you. But uh, here it is. Uh, this outer layer of yours walks around and says, Holy smokes! Oh, boy, wow! It's now Friday, and tomorrow's Saturday, and boy, am I going to have a time! Holy smokes! Oh, boy, oh, boy! It's a weekend! Am I going to swing? another side to you. This is another layer underneath it, see. This is the other layer, and uh, the, the other layer is, is underneath, and it's right below that top layer, which is having a ball, see, and yelling and hollering. This layer says, oh yeah, forget it, Jack. You are dead, dead, dead. <laughs> oh, baby, when she takes one lick at you, you're lucky she doesn't bust out and blow a gasket just laughing. What a... Oh. 
do you mean? Uh, I got a new tie. Wait till she takes a look at my new Robert Hall sport coat. The one with the zipper buttons and the one with the pleats in the back. That's uh, fantastic. And I thought we're going to go and uh, I think we'll go to the Route 3 Drive and they got a Steve Reeves movie there. And, uh, we'll eat, uh, we'll eat Chinese egg rolls and, uh, I'll turn up the heater in the car and I'll turn the loudspeaker up when that love music comes on. Oh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, by that time, she's going to be 45 miles out of your car and going south. Man, she has got no time for your likes. Forget it. Why don't you just go to the library, huh? Forget it, huh? That's the two sides. Battling it out. Fist fighting it always, constantly. Pushing it right up tight. Right to the edge of the precipice. About to bust, about to break. Well, one time, it's a Friday night. A quiet Friday night. You know, and I, I went through a phase. When you think back on the various phases that your life has gone through, when you have been involved in a fantastic routine that did not stop for a brief period, and then suddenly you broke out of that and started another routine. Well, I went through a period of my life where every Friday night I would rush out of the house like mad. I was going to school, see, and I had this Ford. And I would rush out of the house like mad at exactly 6 o'clock Friday night after I ate supper, jump into my Ford, and drive 330 miles for a date. Every last miserable Friday night, I did that. And I would look forward, you know, I, would, I would look forward to it from about Wednesday on. But from Friday to Wednesday, I was glad that the other weekend was over. It didn't work out again, see, and I says, oh, boy, I'm never going to do that again. Oh, oh, boy, what a nut. I put 7,000 miles on the car. My leg is still, look at that. I walk around after, have you ever tried to drive 680 miles in one night on a date? It was 330 miles one way and 330 miles back, Fred, all in one night. And I would wind up with my right leg totally paralyzed from, you know, putting my foot on the accelerator. I had this accelerator that I had to hold down, and my other foot was frozen because the wind would blow in. And about, <laughs> I would say, you know, about Wednesday, I would start saying, you know, that was kind of fun. I think, oh, well, I guess I was pretty rotten last weekend. No wonder she didn't talk to me. What the heck? And now it's Thursday, and I'm saying, you know, I, I, I think I think I'm going to start off on a new tack this week. And I'm going to be nice. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try being nice. And so Thursday afternoon, I would call her up. She was going to school 330 miles away, see. And I'd say, hello, baby. She'd say, yes. I'd say, well, hi, it's me. Don't you mean? Yes. I'd say, well, uh, I thought I might drive down uh, Friday night. <laughs> I'd surprise you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, we go out and we have a hamburger and uh, we have a beer and, uh, <laughs> and uh, drive around and, uh, you know, just drive around. All right, if you want to. And then by Friday morning, I have convinced myself that it's going to be the greatest date in the world. And by Friday afternoon, I've already borrowed $7 so I can buy the gas. And by 5 o'clock Friday, I have put three patches on the tube with the left rear tire. And by 6 o'clock, I'm out on the road. Well, one night, I am driving along, and it was a lonely road. It was over the plains of Indiana. Now, Indiana, and, and many of those states, particularly Indiana, lots, large parts of Iowa, very different from, uh, from these areas around here. First of all, it is so flat 
that you can stand on a road, let's say on US 41, just outside of Indianapolis, and sitting in a normal car, if you sort of sit up straight and look around, to your left, if you sit up real straight, you can see Illinois, 700 miles away. And you turn to your right and set up even straighter, you can see Iowa. And if you stand up on your toes, you can see parts of Oklahoma. It is that flat. Because it's, you know how, you've seen pictures of the Earth, you, you understand the Earth is round, right? I mean, we, we agree on that, don't we? Well, all right, if you're standing at any part of the Earth, it, it follows logically then that all the rest of it slopes away from you, actually, you see. But that is unless if you're standing, say, in a place like uh, Tennessee, where the Earth slopes up and kind of down. See, that's closer to the equator. If you get higher up, it's, uh, you know... It gets harder to hold on. Well, that's get very complicated. That comes in the next semester. I don't want to get involved in all that. That involves vectors. And uh, we haven't had vectors yet in this course, and I don't want to complicate the discussion here. Vectors are little arrows. Well, you've seen what a vector is. Have you seen when you, when you open up the Wall Street Journal there and it has the, the financial page and it has a, uh, a circle of pi and it says your tax dollar? It says uh, your tax dollar. It says uh, uh, defense, 87.9%. That's 87.9 cents out of your tax dollars, see? And then, the, then there's another little sliver. It says uh, waste paper, 7.9%. That's what your tax dollar goes. And then there's another paper clips, 0.9%. And then it says fooling around money. That's 0.7%. Uh, well, those really are vectors in a way. Well, now, now look, uh, what is a vector? Well, I don't. you're getting me all off this. Now, I don't want to get involved in this. Now, let's go back to the original premise. I'm, I'm driving down to see this girl, see? Suffice it to say that I'm driving through the darkness, Indiana is stretching on all sides of me, I'm sitting, you know that great feeling of being really on top of it, and being really free and swinging, you're in the front seat of your car, you're going 75 miles an hour, you're on a super highway, and you're winging along, and uh, boy, you're really going, you've got the radio turned full up, and it's blasting away, and the heater's going, and you're all by yourself, and you can see the you can see the speedometer, and you can see the gas gauge, and everything is green. And you know, you know that feeling, Joe. You're just really on top of it. And this is a male feeling. See, you're really out. You're out hunting, you know. And you're winging along. Rah, the car is going along, and you're booming. You got your lens cap on. The car is going along. It's booming. <laughs> and I can hear. I had a car. You know, I want to say one thing, and I wonder how many males have had this problem. I had, I had a a, a shoe, a big shoe. Uh, a great big tire shoe, you know, uh, in the in the left rear tire of this Ford that I had. You know what is it, a boot in the left rear tire? And one entire year of my life was punctuated by this... I could hear that boot. As I'm roaring down that highway, and I am really on top of it. Now, I am coming back from this date. It's about 4 o'clock in the morning. I am not aware that I'm about to have one of these fantastic moments of elucidation. And I, there's not a car for miles around. It's four in the morning. And I'm winging my way towards Hammond, towards Indiana, uh, the northern part. I'm coming from the south. And there's darkness. And on all sides, I can see high-tension wires going past. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm on top of it. You know, I've had a great date, and I'm really booming along. When all of a sudden, I see behind me Two tiny headlights. Now, I was going about 75 miles an hour, I would say, roughly. I see these two tiny headlights coming. And they're coming closer and closer and closer. 
I'm just hanging, and then I see this car getting closer and closer and closer, and all of a sudden, past me, goes this four-door Ford. Now, I'm talking about the kind of four-door Ford that you always see in the Midwest. You know, with about three tones, it has a plum-colored top, a white bottom, a big slash of rusty chrome down the middle, and a couple of skulls bouncing up and down on the back window, you know, that kind, and the leopard skin upholstery. This guy goes, wow! He goes whistling past me. I couldn't believe it. This guy must have been going about 95 miles an hour. When I see that car go sailing past me, I saw those two headlights, you know, he goes past, and I see those two twin taillights, those two little red dots, disappear over the next hill. Like that. Holy smokes, there's a guy that's on his way, man. And I'm sitting there, you know, on the radio. And you know who I was listening to? Now, this is a real coincidence. I used to listen to him every night at the time that I was dating this girl. It just was hanging. You know Jim Lonsberry? Lee, you know him here. I used to listen to Jim Lonsberry every night. He was broadcasting all night long from WHAS in Louisville, Kentucky. Lonsberry was on with an all-night show, and he was always, and you could just see he was already fired. I could tell. I could tell he had that tone in his voice that he'd been given his notice, and he didn't care whether school kept or not, which made for a great show, you know. And I am driving along, and Lonsberry is coming out of a loudspeaker, and the music, you know, he played great jazz, and I'm whistling along. Then I see suddenly, way up ahead of me, I come down the hill, I come down the hill, and I go whistling down, and I could see way ahead of me, this car is parked by the side of the road. This puce-colored, this plum-colored Ford is parked right on the shoulder. And I had my highs, my lights on, you know, the high lights, and I could see about a mile and a half, and suddenly I see, jumping out of that Ford, I see this figure running across a field. This guy's running like mad. He's got overalls on, and he's got a can with him, a big pail. I said, what the heck's going on? I'm going about 90 miles an hour, you know, and I'm coming up on this Ford. This guy suddenly takes this pail, and he's lit up in the cornfield, and he is standing next to a big rock. He is lit up by my headlights. He takes out a big brush. He takes this big brush, dips it into the can, and he starts to paint. It was the first time I'd ever seen anyone actually ever paint this. A great big J, he paints. Jesus saves. I said, what? And there he was, caught in the headlight at 4 o'clock in the morning, on a Friday night after a date. Well, he tore across the field, jumped into his car, and boom, I went right past him, see. Well, I saw his lights go on again, and the next thing I know, he screamed past me, off into the darkness forever. And somewhere tonight, on this quiet Friday night, there is a two-tone Ford. You know, I had that, that um, fantastic feeling that I wasn't even seeing something real. It was like I, I... Do you know the story of the Flying Dutchman? Any of you? The classic story of the man who was cursed to roam forever in his creaking ship, commanding a ghost crew, forever searching eternally over the seas of the world, searching searching, searching, driven by typhoon and gale, by hurricane and trade wind, forever searching. Well, do you know, to this day, I don't believe that I actually really saw that Ford. 
Maybe there isn't a real person who really has painted those signs all over the world on rocks. Maybe it's a ghost board, a ghost galaxy, searching throughout the Sargasso Sea of Existence with a can of whitewash and a Sears robot brush and a haunted look and a pair of overalls and a couple of dancing plastic skulls in the rear window. Cradled in leopard skin upholstery by DuPont. And so tonight, we salute all of you flying Dutchmen who are cursed forever to search for the love of a good woman. Yeah. Has it ever occurred to you that Holden Caulfield is a retelling of the Flying Dutchman legend? Eh? Has it occurred to you that that's what Peanuts is all about? Eh? Uh, has it occurred to you that James Bond... Oh, but we can go on and on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holy smokes, it scared the daylights out of me. We've got to get back to something. A little, uh, a little less uh, controversial here. There it is. That's a change of venue there, moment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you ever see, did you ever go to a slide lecture where the guy has one of these crickets in his hand and he goes, and the slide changes and you see the ruins of the Colosseum and he has this pointer. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's see. We got to change. Would you give me a little mood music there for a minute, Joe? Just bring it up there a little bit. That's it. A little mood music. That's excellent mood music. Bring it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a very rare recording. This is the wail of a of lament, the total wail of eternal sorrow, being made by a man who discovered the Rover 2000 TC 20 minutes after he made a down payment on a gigantic clunker. Don't you get trapped in this same bind, man. Before you lay it out, before you put the kale down on the counter, I suggest you find out about the Rover 2000 TC, a majestic automobile. And if you are going to search for the love of a good woman forever, howling through the darkness like the Flying Dutchman, you'll do it better in a Rover. That's a Rover 2000 TC. If you'd like a picture of this magnificent conveyance, uh, send your name and address to Rover here at WOR. Bring it up there. Bring the chorus up there. Isn't that sad? If they'd listened to me, that wouldn't have happened. Hear that? And while we're on the... Not yet, Joe. Here, you, you keep that theme down below me. Just cut it out there. And before we do anything else, we got a couple more minutes. And I want to tell you, Dad, if you are looking for a fan... Now, now listen carefully. I have in my office a KLH-21... FM receiver, one of the greatest FM receivers ever built anywhere in the world. It's a beautiful piece of business. Seventy-nine ninety-five, totally sealed, and a two-year unconditional guarantee. And you can see this at the Electronic Workshop, 26 West A Street, and you give them a call tomorrow at Gramercy 30140 and just say KLH21 if you want to make it all the way with someone for Christmas. Well, now, wait a minute now. Don't don't push me. Th that isn't included in the guarantee, friend. What a rotten thought. Got terrible people listening to us here. 
Well, now, uh, I got a little work to do. I've got a can of whitewash, and I'm going to be going out here in about 20 minutes or so. Does anybody know if there's any bare rocks around here? Huh? You know that somebody penned all over one of the A-train walls here a couple of days ago, Shepherd Lives? Guess who it was? Yeah! Kid wrote this. I saw this on, on, on an A-train door. Shepherd Lives. Well, that's not so surprising considering the fact that the union will let me do nothing else. They insist that I'm live here every night, you klutz. Uh, never, speaking of being live, I'll be down at the limelight tomorrow night, and I swear, tomorrow night, since it's Christmas time coming up, I'm going to do my famous Santa Claus pantomime, which, as you know, we got stopped once for doing in Baltimore. That's tomorrow night at the limelight. Hang in.